Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. I believe this is a word, a word for all of us. And um, this week the Lord corrected me from always, whenever we would get together for the healing rooms, we would say, you know, Father, we, we just need you here present, Holy Spirit, because we're not qualified. And he took me to Colossians and said, I don't want you to say that anymore. And so I want, I want to, I believe this is for all of us. And it said, um, we have not ceased to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So I speak that over you right now. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. To please him in all respects. Bearing fruit in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. So I state that over you right now, that you, you are qualified right where you're at. Alice, you're qualified. Sonia, you're qualified. Phil, you're qualified. Tasha, Barbara, Billy, all of you. We're qualified exactly where God has us right now because he did it. It's by the blood of the lamb. So if you have any whisper that you're not worthy or you're not qualified or you're not ready, his kingdom has come in you already. And so just release it. Just hear what God is saying. Believe the identity that he's speaking into you. Allie, you're qualified. You're qualified exactly where you are doing what you're doing. Because you have eternity in you. That's the hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I have something that follows that church so on the being qualified part the downloads that God's giving you right now where we sit where we stand when we go to the grocery store whatever that may be how simple it may seem I declare over this body right now that those God downloads are spoken out become part of this puzzle that we're putting together that we're not silent because you know what silence means it means acceptance so if you accept those things what I don't know where you're at personally but I don't accept certain things and so to be silent and sometimes wherever you're at just sit there God's saying he wants you to speak it out he wants you to rise up And he wants to hear it. He wants the rest of us to hear it. He's giving us the ears to hear. The time is now. 
I've also been called as I was sitting here today and I've been praying about this because we talk about fasting a lot. Um, fasting food for me isn't the thing. Guess what it is? It's fasting my cell phone. God gave me this vision of my cell phone washing into the ocean. And that's tough. I'm attached to that thing. It's a part of my job. I'm supposed to have it. But do I need it every second of my life? Probably not. So I declare right now that I'm going to be able to do that and fast having that thing attached to me for some amount of time. And I think that could be a word for all of us, but I'm, I'm taking personal responsibility for that one. The other vision that I just got was we are world, world changers. We were not put in this room together by chance and we don't keep coming here by chance. It's not a coincidence. I see every, all your faces each time I come here and it's, it's the same group. We're supposed to be doing something. And every, everyone is getting those downloads of what that something is, but we have to share it. Even if it's, it seems insignificant to you because the other person has the other piece of the puzzle. We've heard that over and over again. Um, so that vision that I saw was when I heard the, the word world changer, which has been spoken over this body several times, is a picture of the world. And I don't know what this means, but I'm throwing it out there. And it had one of the old rotary dial phones sitting on top of it. So who knows? It might not mean anything right now, but it might mean something later. And when I think about that, I think about what Joy said it's been years ago, but I think it's becoming more and more relevant right now today, especially as we approach November, is we need a way of communicating with each other that doesn't involve a cell phone. So start thinking about what that is. If I need to get a hold of any single one of you in this room, what method could that be besides using a cell phone? So it's just something for us to think about. Good morning. Uh, I want to thank everybody for all their prayers this last eight months. <laughs> I knew in those moments of, of doubt and worry that you were praying for me. Um, as you know, I had to file for disability a couple years ago, and I got it. And... I tried that in Georgia and was turned down three times, and I was dying. And then I had a chance to go to college online at home, and I got the finances, and I did it. And um, then wasn't able to work in the field. Life changes. Anyway, last month I got this package of paper from whoever's handling student loans now, they, they move it from one place to another just like they do mortgages. And I thought, you know something, I'm just not up to this. <laughs> I just set it off to the side and said, you know something, I've, I, I can't do it right now. Well, last week, I went through all the paper, and you all know the federal government, and there was a form, and it said um, discharge of monies owed for student loans. It was just one piece of paper. I had to check two boxes and sign my name. 
And I thought, you know, this is too good to be true. So I called them. The young man that answered the phone, obviously, it was almost like he'd had a stroke. His, his speech was slow. The more we talked, the more relaxed he got. And he said, no, Billy, that's all you have to do. Social Security sent everything we need on your disability. Sign the paper, send it back. You'll get a verification that we received it. And within a month, you should have this statement saying that your student loan had been discharged due to permanent disability. Wow. $28,000. Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to share that. Because, yeah. you know, never give up. Never, you know, it's hard. Life is hard. But that's why we bind together with the way we do. It's so that when we are weak, somebody strong can come and pull us up. Yeah. And I love all of you so much. And I want you to take care of yourselves because nobody's going to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Billy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, so, if you were a volunteer at the Franklin Graham event and you didn't get a t-shirt, see me because I, I still have a couple left. Okay? Uh, this Tuesday, there's a Holocaust survivor who's going to be speaking at Harvest Time Church on Prosser at uh, 7 p.m. And I understand that if you want a seat at all, you might want to be a little early, like at least a quarter to seven. And like Joy was uh, telling me, you know, our opportunities to hear Holocaust survivors are, are going to be completely gone here just in, in the next few years. Uh, <clears throat> because they're, they're all, you know, dying. Uh, they're, they're getting old. Uh, and, and so, you know, we're planning to go. Um, I, I think it's, it's going to be good. I've heard this guy is an incredible speaker and you could just listen to him for hours and hours. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Also, um, are any of you familiar with uh, Dutch sheets? I, I know a lot of you are. Uh, <clears throat> but as, as we pray for our nation, uh, I put on our Facebook page, um, he has this, uh, it's a daily prayer guide called Give Him 15. Give Him 15, I think, uh, is it all spelled out? Or it's give him and then one five dot com. You can just sign up with your email and you'll get an email every day with with a prayer guide for that day. And they, they have been dynamite. They're, they're great. Uh, and... You know, just to think that there's hundreds of thousands of Americans praying into this same thing for our nation every day. Do this. Uh, <laughs> you know, God is, is calling all of us deeper into prayer. 
And this is just, it's a great tool. Givehim15.com. So, I, yeah, I just want to encourage you to do that. Is it, I mean, a, a daily email is, is a great reminder. And, I mean, we're, our country is at such a critical juncture right now. Uh, the people of God need to pray. Because there's... Our hope is not in any political candidate or any political party. It is in the Lord, period. <laughs> and we know that he hears our prayers. Um, if, uh, <clears throat> if you weren't here a couple weeks ago when we had um, Kathy Melson here, She's the pastor of Prophetic and Healing Ministry at Resurrection Fellowship down in Loveland. She came and she really delivered a, a prophetic message to us. Uh, really, uh, I think, launched us into some things. Um, Some things that, that I, I have been reluctant to speak about, reluctant to uh, lay hold of, uh, reluctant to accept, maybe, all, all of those things. But <clears throat> the, the Lord... Uh, gave me a vision, shared with me about how he wants to transform this city. Um, and, and we have to understand that when, when the Lord gives us something like that, when, when he gives us a word like the one uh, we got from Mark and even the one for the region, that that was was from Mark, but but specifically as an individual, when the Lord speaks something like that to you, it it is an invitation. Uh, it's it's an invitation to partner with Him to see something happen, and it's it's an invitation to partner with Him to see that thing happen, and so. Uh, you know, the, the Lord first began to speak to me about this stuff 20 years ago. And, and so, you know, I, I have been praying for the city and, and leaning into this at, at one level or another for more than 20 years. And then it was, it was only about, I don't know, seven years ago because the Lord would, would just always say to me, you need to think bigger and think bigger. And, and so finally one, one day he was saying that and I, I, I was responding something like, well, I'm thinking about as big as I can. What? <laughs> Give me a little help here. 
okay? <clears throat> and that's when he really spoke about transforming the city. And, you know, that's, that's a big thing to um, lay hold of, uh, a big thing to accept, to say, yes, I will step into that. But I, I believe uh, this, this word from Mark about building the kingdom, about building the altar of the Lord, that's it. And and we we know you know I've I've shared what what God did in the Great Awakening in Atlantic City under Jonathan Edwards where <clears throat> it was a city of fifty thousand people and they could find one adult who had not been converted. I mean that's transformation. Uh, <clears throat> And I, I just had coffee this week with uh, a pastor from Mexico who spent like 30-some years in Guatemala uh, with Wycliffe translators uh, translating the Bible completely into one of the indigenous languages of Guatemala. And some of you have seen the Transformations videos. How many of you have seen those uh, so he's been to Almalanga. Uh, now that, <laughs> that is a city transformed. Uh, it, it, was, it was a horrible place. Uh, alcoholism was, was just rampant. You know, any morning you, you could walk down the streets and, and there'd just be people laying there uh, all over the place because they, they'd been so drunk the night before. There was, you know, like every other building was, was a bar and uh, the, there was poverty and, and the, the land was, was not productive even though it was in Guatemala. Uh, they, they would have one truck of produce going out a day or it wasn't even a day, I think it was a month uh, out of this town. And, and this one church. Laid hold of the promise of God. And things started to change. And this city, now, now there's one bar in the city, and it's only open like an hour or two a night because there's nobody, <laughs> they don't have any customers. Uh, the, the Lord has just swept through the place, and the scripture that they laid hold of was Second uh, Chronicles 7.14 about healing the land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. And there's one more. And, and seek my face. And I will forgive their sins and heal their land. And he healed the land to, to such a degree that the productivity 
there's there's many truckloads of produce going out daily from this place, and the carrots are as big as your arm. Yeah, and yeah, we'll we'll see the video one of these days because you you need to see it to build faith. Uh, I, I no longer doubt whether God will do this. And he has a, a role, a mandate for us regarding the transformation of Cheyenne. And will you accept the mandate? <laughs> I'm saying yes. Daniel, uh, how you, that word from your mother ended. You remember? May God do great and unprecedented things. Through, through Cheyenne Vineyard, and, and he will. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. It's <laughs> I believe it's going to start here, and it's going it's to go north and west, and yeah. And many have seen that. Many, many have come to Cheyenne in these last 25 years with such a vision. Some have seen it and, and died. Many have seen it come and then left. But it's it's going to happen. Yeah. So you know I'm I'm looking for people who will join us in seeking the Lord for an outpouring of his holy spirit that will result in the transformation of of this city. This city and beyond, yes, and it is—it's a regional thing, because it's not only going to go north and west; it's—it's it's going south, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I've got a word for uh, Eric and. Luke and, and Daniel. You you can be a a manly man and a man after God's heart. Mm -hmm. 
So the Lord asked me this question. And I was supposed to ask all of you today. Who do you need to be in order to be part of bringing this forth in Cheyenne? Who, who do you need to be in order to be part of bringing this forth in Cheyenne? See, we, we can continue to be who we've been. And things will not change. Or, we can take this before the Lord and become who He says we are. Because I... I mean, I, I just speak this to you three guys. Uh, if you will press in to the Lord, you'll, you'll find more than you bargained for. We, we need to start being more of who God says we are than who we've always thought we were. Because who I've always thought I was was not enough to speak forth this word to you today. But I'm committed to becoming who I need to be to see this happen. Because we were called for such a time as this. And, and the Lord has gifts. He has power that he wants to give, but he doesn't give to those who aren't seeking. That's that's just the the way he operates. I mean, he so sometimes he he's waiting. Right. We, well, we, we need to get over that. Uh, we, we need to be much more focused on who God is in us and who he says we are than our own weakness <laughs> and who we think we're not. <laughs> because if God says you're one thing and you think you're something else, who's right? He is. <laughs> so, and, and, and this, this is a critical, thanks for bringing that up, Billy, because this is a critical part 
of moving into what God wants to do because it's only by faith. Uh, it's, it's hearing the word of God and then walking as though it's true. That's, that's the walk of faith. And, and yes, we, we can very easily just, just be, be focused on our own weakness, our own failures, and, uh, and just stay in a mud puddle. Really. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to no longer listen to that condemnation. No longer listen to those lies and ask the Lord and trust the Lord because he who began the good work in you is going to bring it to completion. He, he is big enough. He is smart enough. He's strong enough and powerful enough to do it for every one of us in this room. And part of, of this, who do you need to be in order to be part of bringing this forth in Cheyenne? This is another <clears throat> thing to have rolling around in our, our thinking. How, how can I be the revival that I want to see? Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. This week I, I'm at King Supers. And, and there's a guy... Uh, really limping badly in in front of me, and 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 so the Lord says, "Do you want to pray for him for healing?" And I was in a hurry, you know, it, it always happens. So I <laughs> I was honest with the Lord, and I said, "Well, not really right now," <laughs> but I. But, you know, I, I said something to him. And then it immediately he starts telling me why he's limping. So I'm like, okay, God, I get it. <clears throat> so I asked him, well, you know, do you believe God could heal you? Uh, can I pray for you? And and he, he, he said yes and, and yes. And, and then I said, well, can I pray for you right now? And, and, and then he said no, uh, which, you know, really surprised me because I was ready for God to heal him at that point. Uh, he said, no, I'm, I guess I've been Catholic too long. Just, and and, and that, was, that was his response. Uh, so I, I, I said, well, well, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you. And I, I prayed for him when I got in the car. Uh, <laughs> but you know that wasn't the outcome I was expecting but I was obedient and that was the outcome so we have to remember that we each have a gift mm -hmm. he has a gift in his spirit and you can go here and you can go there but he still has that gift yeah Right, and and I believe right now we have an open door. 
there's, there's something the Lord is offering. And we need to fully respond during the life of the offer. <laughs> that, that is the thing. Because God's offers, just like special offers, uh, <laughs> have a lifetime. And so, uh, you know, I, I want to encourage us to, to respond. Um, a couple of things that Kathy Melson shared, uh, and, and that message is up on the, the podcast for anybody who was not here. You, you will want to listen to that. She talked about two things that she really sees happening in the body of Christ right now. And one of those things is because she, like me, believes that, that we are on the cusp of the greatest great awakening that's ever taken place, not just in the U.S., but, but worldwide. And, and we're praying into that. And so in, in that context, we are, number one, in a place of personal consecration. And, and that deals with individual response. That, that is, God, what, what are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to change right now to be prepared? Because that, that is the essence of, of this time period that we're in. This, this has been a time of preparation. And this is a time of preparation for the body of Christ. And, and then secondly, uh, the corporate aspect is, is the digging of wells and the redigging of wells, of revival. And, you know, really, the, the building of the altar of the Lord is that, that is digging a well. That's, that is digging a well. Uh, and the altar of worship that the vineyard has had, uh, <clears throat> it somewhat needs to be redug. And part of redigging the well of, of the vineyard is, is the, the history of signs and wonders and the miraculous that, that our movement has and and I am uh, really blessed that under our new national leader, he is all about redigging those wells. Uh, he's he's all about uh, getting back to seeking the Lord. That that passage that I shared with you this morning during worship from Mark's word. First Chronicles twenty two nineteen. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. That, that's the answer right there. <laughs> I mean, everything that followed in the word from Mark, that is the way to get there. Set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. And 
you know what what I shared um, in Labarge uh, was part of what I shared with us a couple weeks ago that that our foundational responsibility, our, our foundational occupation as humans, particularly redeemed humans, but, but this is actually for all of humanity, but it only works for redeemed humans. Our, our foundational responsibility, our foundational occupation is to guard and nurture the place of encounter with the living God. That, that is our ultimate responsibility. As humans created in um, <clears throat> the nature of, of God. So, to guard and nurture the place of encounter with the living God. So, I mean, that goes back all the way to the Garden of Eden. Remember Adam and Eve, they used to walk in the cool of the day with God. Talk about encounter. And, you know, you, you wonder who, who initiated those walks. Well, I imagine God did initially. And then Adam and Eve probably did. And then they probably forgot for a few days. And they, they didn't invite God to walk with them because they, they got busy with all their responsibilities of keeping this garden that was like 400 miles by 100 miles or something like that and taking dominion and and all, all the other things that, that they thought they needed to do. And at their point of weakness, after failing to guard and nurture the place of encounter with the living God. Satan caught them at a place where they were susceptible to temptation. Since they'd been doing their responsibilities for a few days, and maybe it was a few weeks, I don't know, in their own wisdom, their own power, the temptation of having more knowledge so they could do their stuff better without God was tempting. So they disobeyed and we live with the results. And we are, we are faced with the same temptation daily to do our stuff in our own wisdom, our own power, neglect the place of encounter because we're busy. God's intent, 
God's original intent for Adam and Eve, his original intent for you and me, was that we would live from that place of encounter and we would go do our stuff from his presence with his wisdom that he imparted to us with the availability of his power so we could do things that we would not other, otherwise be able to do. We would think of things that we would not otherwise think of. And it would all have the blessing of heaven upon it. And that's, that's a picture of the possibility of your life and mine. If, if we will truly take this seriously. We have no other higher responsibility than this. This is it. To protect and cultivate that place of encounter with the living God. That, that is it. Are, are there dry times of seeking the living God? You better believe it. Does God cherish and honor those dry times? You better believe it. He's got them all written down. Every minute that you've spent seeking him and his presence and his will for your life and his blessing, He's got every one of those written in a book. The greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the only way to keep the great commandment. We guard, we protect, we cultivate the place of encounter with the living God. We protect that which we love. That's reality. We protect what we love. I would never want to be anybody who tried to do anything to Garrett. So <laughs> you'd have Luke to deal with. And I have hardly ever in his whole life seen him angry. And I don't want to. This, who do you need to be in order to see transformation come to Cheyenne? This, this is who you need to be. The person who protects and cultivates the place of encounter with the living God. Because it's in that place that we hear our instruction. It's, it's in that place that the wisdom of heaven is released to earth. It's, it's in that place that the peace that passes understanding is, is released into us. This, this is... There's, there's so much 
here to un unpack. I mean, the, this is the answer to so many of the questions of, of Scripture. The, the parable of the ten virgins. These were ten believers who, who were not immature. These, these were ten leaders in, in the body of Christ, the ten virgins. They, they all understood the bridegroom concept. They, they all were looking for the return of the bridegroom. They all had lamps with oil. The lamps were burning. But some got so busy with the things of life. And that's why they all fell asleep, because they all got busy with the things of life. But five were wise. They, they did not let their store of oil deplete. And five were unwise, because they were about to run out of oil completely. It's, it's only in the place of encounter with the living God that we obtain oil. Nobody can do it for you. It would be great if we could. If, if we could get oil for somebody else. But, but we can't. We, we all have a heart. And, and we're all um, responsible for our heart choices. And, and so, um, I, that's about all I got. <laughs> But if, if I'll tell you what though, if if we will be such a people who protect and cultivate the place of encounter with the living God, we we will be a people who know God. And to know God is to love God. We will be a people who love God. We will understand what it is to minister to the Lord. And that altar of God will be established. And and there's there's the there's something that has to be rooted out of us in, in order for us to fully embrace this. And and it it is this religious tendency that we have uh, to um, I, don't, I don't think I have this written down anywhere so that's not going to help me <laughs> we we all tend to have this we we fall into this. It, it's it's the natural way 
of of man. And I've talked about this before that if if we don't guard against becoming religious, then it just happens. And so that's part of this guarding and protecting and cultivating the place of encounter with God. Because if if we don't, then then we end up with a religious expression that is is geared toward um, you know some some kind of religious obligation to to give something to God to appease him so that he won't do bad to us <laughs> because we i mean we all know how guilty we are and we just have to remember the cross and and forget that And that's why the enemy can get us into that place so easily. Where, you know, we we just we, we gotta do this for God. And and then then we'll be okay with him until next week when we have to do this for God again. But we can check it off our list because we did it. And and then we can just go on about our lives. And and you see, that's, that, that's nothing more than the idolatry of the people who lived in Canaan before the Israelites got there. I mean, they, they had this little, you know, thing that they had in their house, and they, they bowed to the thing, and they, you know, whatever the idol was, and they prayed to the thing, and they sacrificed to the thing so that they would have crops, and they wouldn't starve so that the thing would not do bad things to them. It was not a real thing. And, and they sacrificed their kids to the thing. And the Israelites looked at this and they said, wow, wouldn't that be great? All we have to do is this, and then we can go live however we want. Because that wasn't the way of the God of Israel. He had rules. Oof. So we we got to completely get rid of that. Because that is like the opposite of, of what I'm talking about. But it also is what we will tend to fall into, even though it's so subtle. I mean, it it creeps in there, and we don't even realize it. And pretty soon, we're singing the same songs that we used to sing, but there's no heart connection. There's no turning on the switch to actually be making that go to God rather than just out into the air. Because that, that's a choice we make every, every time. We, we sing worship songs. So, anyway, maybe I am done now. <laughs> uh... 
I, I want us to uh, pray individually, but yet corporately at the same time. If, if you will say yes to being part of bringing transformation to Cheyenne, I want you to, I don't want to lead you, okay? But I want you to respond to God about that. And respond to God about uh, being who God wants you to be to, to make that happen. And, and I want you to ask the Lord to help you and, and make you a person who guards and protects that place of encounter with him. You remember all that? Okay. <laughs> so, so let's pray. And, and I'm just going to pray, and then I want all of you to pray at the same time, so you probably won't be able to hear each other, and that's good. That's part of the point. So, Father, I, I thank you for the word about transforming Cheyenne. And I say yes. I want to participate with you in that. And Lord, uh, I want to be the person that you need me to be and you want me to be to facilitate that. So help me. And Lord, we together, we, we ask you to establish your altar in Cheyenne. Uh, even among us, establish your altar and then establish lots of them. And, and Lord... Forgive me for not guarding and cultivating that place of encounter so many times. Help me. Make me a person who guards and protects the place of encounter with you and one who loves you with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we, we just ask you, to bring about the transformation of our city, the establishment of your kingdom in this city and beyond, and beyond. Thank you, Lord. <laughs>